0: Welcome into your Buccaneer podcast here on pewterofpirates.com. We call it A Few Extra bucks, And you know what? I'm kind of hungry, so I'm going to eat a bunch of crow because I was dead wrong about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> I thought they'd go out to L.A. and get slaughtered by one of the best teams in the NFL, but, boy, the Bucs did the slaughtering. Putting up the points on offense, getting it done when they had to on defense. I bring in Justin Thomas. I bring in my partner, Roy Cummings. First Justin Thomas. I was surprised. I was wrong. You know what? On this podcast, when I'm wrong, I'll admit it. How surprised were you?
1: Well, uh, I knew it would be a close game, and and it actually wound up being pretty close up until the strip sack uh, fumble for the uh, touchdown. But uh, I still was impressed that the Bucs hung in there and actually was the ones doing the whooping. I kind of thought the Rams would pull it off in the end. So – uh, it was a very impressive win overall for the Bucks. You have to say that.
0: All right, Roy Cummings, I'll bring you in. You're usually uh, Mister Optimistic, and I'm usually kind of not not Debbie Downer, but uh, you know, I, I don't know what I am, but uh, I'm more negative, I guess. Roy <laughs> Cummings, how surprised were you? Come on, you were a little surprised by that, weren't you?
2: Hey, the only thing I got right was that the what uh, was the fact that it was a close game. I mean, other than that, uh, I certainly didn't expect the Bucks to. They put up 50 points. Have to put up 50 points. Um, I, I could see the uh, Rams putting up what they put up, uh, but I didn't expect the Bucks to end up on top no matter what. I, I, you know, just I thought the Rams, and but but I also thought that the Rams were vulnerable because I don't think I think Jared Goff can be rattled, and the way the Bucks have been playing defense, you know, I thought they could rattle him a little bit. Um, but I also thought that they would probably correct some things in the secondary, which they clearly did not do. Um, so I, there were a couple of things that happened that I expected, but I certainly didn't expect that outcome. But you know what? It just goes to show you that, you know, the Bucks may be a little bit better than we thought originally. Um, I wouldn't get too excited just yet, but it shows that they've got the potential to do something uh, potentially special this year.
0: I think two and two is a good record for them because, uh, you know, they could have made the field goal and won that game, but they very easily could have lost against the Carolina Panthers. So I think two and two is a good record for them. They have the New Orleans Saints coming up. We're going to preview that game in just a bit. But Jameis Winston is your NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Jameis Winston was at his press conference this week. I asked him a question. You know, you haven't been around Bruce Arians a whole bunch yet, but what have you taken from him in a positive way that's really helped your game? And he immediately looked at me and he said dialogue. The dialogue I have with him in between plays on the sideline. You know what I translated that as, Roy, is – He's, not, he, he's getting on him in a constructive way. I think Jameis Winston needs that kind of coach. Yeah, he can handle the Jimbo Fisher, Florida State, who gets on him. But he needs not only Bruce Arians' dialogue, but he always harks back to this. Byron Lefk, which his offensive coordinator, played the game. And that's something he hasn't had in his ear. So you combine that with Bruce Arians, we're really seeing the effects of this new coaching staff with Jameis Winston right now.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, what I like, and I think what Jameis Winston likes, is the fact that um, he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't mind being coached hard. You're right about that. But I think he's beyond the point where he needs. Look, he knows what his mistakes and what his, what his failings are. He knows the areas he's got to get better in. We all know that. Um, so it's not like screaming at him or yelling at him is going to change anything at this point. You know, it's not a matter of work ethic with him. It's really just a matter of how does he envision his role as the quarterback. And how does he envision his role within the team? You know, is he the guy who thinks he's got to take it all on his shoulders still? I think that's what he's learning is that if he's, he's going to be better for this team if he just goes out and plays his game to the best of his ability. And I think they've made some adjustments in the way they do things with Jameis Winston that are helping him out. We can get into that a little bit. But, you know, I think the biggest thing that's changed is that I think he's begun to realize that he's better off and the Bucks are better off if he just plays a good solid steady game he doesn't have to be the uh, superhero playmaker that he always thought he had to be in the past but I think he realizes now that if the running game isn't there and the defense isn't there he's not going to make it better by trying to make some splash play that isn't there for either and I think he's figured that out one more
0: question before we get to the New Orleans Saints Having a win like that after such a heartbreaking loss against the Giants to begin a road trip that is NFL unfriendly and unfair and ridiculous, that's a whole nother podcast. Starting a road trip like they have in that way, I think if they beat the New Orleans Saints, Roy, Bruce Arians, the master motivator he is, will say, you know what, boys, this is an us against the world thing. They put us in this predicament and we're going to tear it up on the road and come back and be studs when we get home. And have control of a lot of things, and they can do that with the winner of the Saints this week.
2: I think you're absolutely right. I, I, there isn't another sport. In, in, there's a, there's not another professional sport where they play the uh, disrespect card or the nobody believes in you card more than football. In football, they do it all the time. You, even the best teams. I mean, you you heard you you saw Tom Brady a couple of years ago when the when the Patriots won the won the Super Bowl yet again. Saying that nobody believed in us. Since when did nobody believe in the in the Patriots? <laughs> but if the coaches get get people to believe that, uh, they do, and, and that motivates guys and you know from you know inside the locker room. And I think the Bucks absolutely. I think they can be motivated by this. It's like this is a sign of disrespect. They don't believe in us. They don't think we're you know they think we're just some team that they can just throw this kind of a schedule at and 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 it's gonna hurt. Well, we're gonna show them it's not gonna hurt. We're gonna show them. This is our strength. that we're, We can take anything you throw at us, and we're going to win consistently. And, and if they do it against New Orleans, boy, there's no question, uh, no telling what could come of this uh, big, long road trip that a lot of people thought would be their undoing. Right now, it doesn't look like any undoing at all.
0: That's right, Roy. You know what? Let's talk about the New Orleans Saints. Uh, no Drew Brees. It's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. It's going to be Taysom Hill a little bit. And Bruce Arians, I asked him, in the press conference about, you know, facing a team without Drew Brees. And he immediately said, "Both quarterbacks. He loves the Taysom Hill factor. And he appreciates how that will be hard to deal with. You know, it's, it's one thing to play a Saints team without Drew Brees. It's another to play maybe the most complete team in the Sean Payton era. A big reason they've won their last two games without Drew Brees is because the special teams have scored. It's because the defense has scored. I really believe the Bucks can win this game if they don't make the big mistake. And I know you can say that about any game, but it's really true in this one because I think Jameis Winston is better than Teddy Bridgewater, and I think he has obviously more of an upside. He'll he'll put up bigger numbers, but he can't make that mistake because you know what? Bridgewater won't make that mistake. Bridgewater won't allow you. But he won't make the big mistake. So if the Bucks are mistake-free, I really think they have a shot in this game.
2: Yeah, I do too. And, you know, timing is everything uh, in sports, and the Bucks' timing, I think, in the, going into this game is very good for them. Not only are they coming off a a morale-boosting, confidence-boosting victory against the the NFC uh, champions, obviously. Uh, But now they go up and face the NFC runner-up on the road, and they do it after someone laid out the blueprint for them. Uh, Even though New Orleans won the game last week, Dallas laid out the blueprint of how to shut down the, the Saints' offense. Look, the Saints under Teddy Bridgewater, I think a lot of people don't realize maybe, and you guys know this because you're, you're so close to it, but it, it's basically the same offense. You know, Drew Brees no longer has, it seems like, he no longer has the arm to make that big play downfield. And they're not They're not really asking Teddy Bridgewater to do that either. It's more try to, you know, take the short stuff, pick teams apart, uh, move down the field methodically and get yourself in a position. It worked just enough for him last week. But that's what they're doing now. and I, And But, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to take advantage of that. You've got to figure out a way that uh, over the course of those 60, 70, 80-yard drives, uh, you've got to force a team to, to get off the field and take the field goal at some point or punt. And the Cowboys figured it out. The Bucks have to figure that out as well because offensively, I think the Bucks certainly have the firepower. They showed it last week to put a big number up against New Orleans. New Orleans is pretty good defensively. You write about the special teams, Mike. But I think this key this game comes down to can the Bucks shut down Teddy Bridgewater and the Saints' offense. If they can do that, then I think they've got a shot at this game as well.
0: Devin White is going to be back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the the defense really needs him. Kevin Minter done a yeoman's job, but Devin White, you know, they drafted him for a reason. They want him to be the leader on this defense. They want him to be the catalyst in the Todd Bull scheme. You know, I talked to Devin White in the locker room this week, and it's funny, he grew up in Louisiana, and he knows about the crowd noise. I guess he can help his teammates a little bit. But Devin White back against the Saints, so what would that mean for this defense, Roy?
2: I think it means a lot because uh, he, he is the leader of this defense, really. I mean, that, that that became the case in the preseason. He already had emerged as the as leader. One of the things he was doing exceptionally well Uh, When he wasn't getting a lot of tackles and people were starting to wonder, where is he? Once he was doing a good job of leading the defense. So I think he steps back into that role naturally. Um, And what you just hope for is that, uh, you know, he can find his way defensively and not try to do too much. The plays are going to come to him. Uh, the, The position is set up and the scheme is set up for him to get a lot of work and a lot of tackles and be a focus. So he doesn't have to go out there and try to make plays. The plays will come to him. He just has to do the routine work. Go out and do what you're supposed to do every play. Uh, follow your keys, be in position. The plays will come to you, make the tackles, and you'll be fine. So um, he adds another level of uh, athleticism to uh, a defense that is playing with a lot of athleticism, taking good advantage of it right now. Um, I, I, I don't know that we'll see uh, Devin White play you know, 65 snaps. My guess is they probably give him most of the work, but I think the way Kevin Minter has played, which has been pretty good, uh, I think he's earned the opportunity to split some time, at least for a week or two here. Uh, so that may happen, and so people shouldn't be uh, surprised if that happens. But uh, right now, as far as the Bucks are concerned, they've got two pretty good players there in Devin White and Kevin Minker. It's pretty hard to to mess that up. So I'm um, anxious to see how Kevin uh, Devin White looks, and anxious to see how the Bucks look with him and you know kind of running the show there.
0: All right, Justin, you know what time it is. Let's do it. More likely, baby, we're going to bring back Justin Thomas, our voice of reason, our producer, and our Buccaneer insider, Roy Cummings. These are three hypothetical questions. I'm always at an advantage because I know the frigging questions. Uh, More likely, number one, guys, this is becoming, I think, maybe uh, the most intriguing matchup every year, more and more in the NFC South. And it'll definitely be the biggest one to watch during this game, it's Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore. Lattimore's had his days against Mike Evans, and Mike Evans has had his days against Marshawn Lattimore. More likely, Justin Thomas. Who has the bigger day and who wins the most battles, Marshawn Lattimore or Mike Thomas? I mean, Mike Evans, sorry, Mike Evans.
1: Um, I guess it depends on which Marshawn Lattimore shows up, if it's the one that played against DeAndre Hopkins earlier this year or the one that played against Amari Cooper. Um, I don't know. This is there's so many factors in this. If the if the Saints defensive line can get to to Jameis fast, that's gonna factor a lot into the throws. I really think though, the way Mike Evans seems to be playing this year, he's really been amazing, especially that third game uh versus the Giants. I uh I think uh Mike Evans in the end will probably have the edge over Lattimore. I'm not saying he's going to have an insane game, but I could see him getting one touchdown and maybe in the 60-yard range, 70-yard range.
0: Nice. Roy Cummings, Marshawn Lattimore,
2: Mike Evans. Mike Evans or Marshawn Lattimore? You know, it's a bit of a test game for Mike Evans because Marshawn Lattimore has obviously gotten Mike Evans off uh, off heel here a few times. He's he's gotten under his skin, uh, forced him to take some bad penalties. Uh, that's a rivalry within a rivalry, and kind of a budding rivalry it is uh, between the Bucks and Saints. I mean, the Bucks have hey, dealt the Saints a couple of blows, re- you know, in the last couple of years. Not enough to obviously knock them out of the playoffs necessarily, but uh, they, they've caused them some trouble here. And so there's a bit of a rivalry going on, and that little rivalry within that rivalry, I think, is really uh, something to watch out for. The thing is, Marshawn Lattimore can can shut down Mike Evans, and as we found out last week. The Bucks will just turn to Chris Godwin or maybe Cameron Braid or OJ Howard or maybe their running game and do that. So I, I'm not sure that just shutting down Mike Evans is good enough for the Saints. Um, I think Mike Evans could have a, have a big day and the Bucks could win, or he could have a, a small day and, and the Bucks could win. I, I think that's how dynamic the offense is. The, the, uh, the Saints may have to think about putting Marshawn Lattimore over on Chris Godwin every once in a while. They may want to, you know, mix that up a little bit with those coverages. So um, that's how good, you know, Lattimore is. and But that's also how good the Buccaneers' offense is and how many weapons they've got. Uh, you may not want to just have Lattimore uh, facing up against one guy. They may have to switch that up if uh, Chris Godwin starts throwing away with the game the way he did last week.
0: Yeah, those are all great points. That's why you're the insider, my friend. You know, when I look at this matchup, I always kind of go with the guy who's at home. The guy who's at home usually has the better game. That's why I think Marshawn Lattimore is going to have a better game. He's coming off a great game against the Dallas Cowboys where he put Amari Cooper in his place and really rebounded for some tough games early on. And I think Marshawn Lattimore, when he goes to Tampa, gets struggles a little bit. So I'm going to go with Marshawn Lattimore. Oh, I can't wait to bring this up with Roy. Our second more likely, first, Justin. Um, I love this stat. I love this stat uh, on Gerald McCoy. Last week for the Carolina Panthers, Christian McCaffrey, Roy, had more tackles than Gerald McCoy. But we'll get to you in just a second. Uh, and, Dominic and Sue had a nice homecoming against the LA Rams. More likely, can we close the book on what was the better move now? Does it look like we can kind of say it was Sue or McCoy, or more likely is it too early for that? Justin?
1: Uh, I think you have to move on. Uh, Gerald McCoy's attitude, especially after he left, has kind of been disappointing and – uh then, as you pointed out, I don't—I haven't watched too many Panthers games, but I haven't heard his name mentioned too often. So I'm assuming he's not making that much of an impact. Whereas uh, Sue has been great. And also you got to add Shaq Barrett in there as well. Those are two great acquisitions uh, that the Bucks got that are far outperforming Joe McCoy. So, yeah, I think definitely everyone should move on. Sue has definitely already shown that he's – was the better choice,
0: Roy Cummings? I know you're a big Gerald McCoy guy. Is it too soon to say the Bucks won in terms of making that move, or do you can see that Sue was the better guy? Is the better guy? Uh,
2: it's it's way too soon. Uh, obviously and Dominic Sue's had a couple of big plays, um, one major one yesterday. there's like yesterday, uh, Sunday, that, that helped seal a game for him. Uh, that's good, but the, the season's not over. It's it's way too soon. Um, You know, if you've got to watch the game with the defensive tackle to see, uh, you know, exactly what Gerald McCoy is doing, um, his job is not necessarily to get a bunch of tackles. A lot of times, depending on what the scheme is and and what they're facing in terms of the offense, his job is just just to take up two guys so other guys can make plays. Um, Yeah, it's easy to take... uh, one game, pull it aside and say, oh, look who had more tackles than Gerald McCoy. That doesn't mean Gerald McCoy's not doing his job. Um, the Panthers may be very happy with what he's, what he's doing. They may also be very uh, disappointed in what he's doing. Um, I just think it's too soon. Uh, I believe that Endometer 2 was very motivated last week um, to, to go up against the Rams who quit on him. Um, you know, let's see what happens uh, going forward. I, I think it's too soon. Uh, this is one that I will uh, evaluate at the end of the season.
0: F. Lee Bailey. Gerald McCoy needs to hire you if he's ever in trouble, Roy Cummings. <laughs> you are the F. Lee Bailey for Gerald McCoy. I'm pounding the fist. And, and Sue, baby. It's Sue, Sue, Sue. And it's not too soon to say Sue. <laughs> Give me Dominic and Sue. Gerald McCoy. Uh, you know what? I love the old <laughs> dancing on the field when you sound Carolina Panther. Then the game rolls around. Oh, it's really a big deal. You know what? Just go away. And I don't even think you should be in the ring of honor, but we've debated that a little bit too. All right. More likely number three. Jameis Winston said about the Superdome, he loves going there. That was the first place he ever won as a pro was the Superdome his rookie year. But Jameis Winston loves going to the Superdome, kind of reminds him of his college days a little bit. He was kind of having fun at the press conference, saying that some of his teammates never had big college games, so he doesn't know. <laughs> they don't know what he's talking about. Bruce Arians said, Saints fans never go away. Justin Thomas, you've been to a lot of Saints games. Is this the loudest place in the NFL? I know the the measurements have Seattle louder and Kansas City, but I was there for the game against the Dallas Cowboys. It was one of the loudest Superdome games I've been at in a long time. Can you make a case more likely the Superdome is the toughest place in the NFL to play and could be the loudest? Uh,
1: I definitely think it's the loudest indoor stadium. It's got to be. It's probably, like you said, not the loudest. I believe Seattle and Kansas City usually trade off on that record. But, uh, I, I mean, just look at last year in the NFC Championship game. You could tell early on that uh, uh, Jared Goff was struggling to get the calls in. He couldn't hear them. They had some delay of games and had to take early timeouts. I mean, I think anytime, time, as long as the Saints are in the game and there's a chance for them to win, that crowd is really going to play a huge, huge factor. And I think because of that, a lot of teams know that going into the Superdome, it is one of the toughest places to play.
0: Roy Cummins, you've been to uh, many, many, many NFL games and many, many NFL stadiums. Where would you more likely rank
2: the Superdome? I'm going to put it. Uh, I'm going to put it third or fourth on the list. Uh, it is. I, I think it is. I think the only place that is possibly louder is Seattle. Um, I've been in Seattle. Now things have to be going in Seattle's way for that to happen. But um, it's the same, I guess, in New Orleans, but. I remember a game in Seattle, and the place, the place was literally shaking. And that building was shaking. Um, I haven't ever felt that in New Orleans, and I've been there you know, two dozen times. Um, but it's loud. It's very loud. It's one of those places where if you're down in the field, you, can, you literally can't hear what the person next to you is saying. Um, so it, it, it's definitely, I think, the loudest. But in terms of being toughest to play, I think Seattle's tougher. I think Kansas City, when things are going right for Kansas City, is tougher. I think Green Bay is tougher. But it's certainly in the conversation. I don't think it's the toughest, but they're in the conversation. There's no doubt about it. I will say, when they returned after
0: Katrina – For that game, it was the loudest stadium I've ever been in my life. I used to work in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and Auburn was the loudest before that one. I think every place kind of has its moment a little bit. But, yeah, I I did a pregame show in Kansas City one time. It was so loud for a preseason game. It was like a college atmosphere. So I would put Kansas City and then Seattle and then the Superdome, but it's definitely up there. All right, guys, before we go, let's get predictions real quick. All of us were wrong last week. All of us actually – Dustin thought Rams, 31-27. Roy thought Rams, 28-21. And myself thought Rams 31-17. Justin, who do you have this week? And what's the score?
1: This is another tough one. Um, I think think the Bucs pull it off. I just think the Saints offense, even though they got all the weapons, they don't have Drew Brees. And Teddy Bridgewater, while he's a fine quarterback, he's a good game manager, he's not going to do anything special. And I think that's going to, in the end, be the reason why the Bucks win. I think they just have the more talented offense. And while the Saints defense keep them in the game, I think the Bucks pull it off. I think it's going to be a much lower scoring game than the Rams game. Uh, I think Bucks get uh, – let's go with 31 and Saints 24.
0: Wow. How about that? All right, Roy Cummings, what do you think?
1: You know these Bucks
2: Saints games. Like I said before, the the Bucks have upset the Saints in New Orleans at, at times. They've they've knocked them out of the playoffs on occasion. They've they've dealt them some difficult blows. But look, this Buccaneers team, I think their offense is much better than the Saints offense. But I think the Saints might have the. In fact, I, I I'm almost certain that the Saints have the better defense. Um, and, and you know what? I've seen this movie before. Uh, where the Bucks do something special, and everybody starts to talk about them as if they may be something other than we thought they were, and then they disappoint you. Um, now Uh-oh.
0: <laughs> Uh-oh. I feel it high-turning. I feel it's <laughs> turning. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 yeah, well, look, I believe I said at the beginning of the season that I saw the Bucks as a 500 team, uh, an 8-8 eight eight t- kind of team that means they're going to win as many as they lose. So I think this is one where they give it back a little bit. Um, I think they score a lot of points. I think they probably score 28, maybe even 31 points, but I think they end up losing by a point or two, probably on a field goal late. Um, I just think that games like this tend to bring out uh, the best in uh, in Sean Payton. And I think he knows as well as anybody, any coach, how to uh, derail that Bucks offense. So I believe this is a game, where the Bucks take a bit of a step backwards. They score enough points uh, to win, but still don't win. So I'm going to say 33-31 um, uh, Saints.
0: Oh, my goodness. This is going to be history, you know, because I cover the Saints and the Bucks. Justin's from New Orleans. Roy Cummings is usually, you know, uh, you know, no not you're you're I'm not saying you're Ann. I like to kid about that, but you're usually positive. <laughs> you know, I feel like this game is bigger for the Bucks than Saints for for a couple of reasons. I think the Saints, then they're not going to say this. They're not going to you know maybe even say it among teammates. But when Drew Brees went down, all of a sudden they're losing to the Rams. They have Seattle and the Cowboys back to back, and they're probably thinking, man, if we win one of those, we're okay. They go out and win both of them, and all of a sudden the Bucks have found themselves offensively. They have this breakout game in L.A. I think the Bucks win this game for a couple of reasons. One, I think it's bigger for them. And two, Teddy Bridgewater is Teddy Bridgewater. He's, gonna, he's not going to wow you. He's not going to make the big mistake. But they need wow in New Orleans. They need wow in that offense. And Teddy Bridgewater isn't going to give it to them. If the Saints didn't score a special teams touchdown and a defensive touchdown in Seattle, they wouldn't have won because Teddy Bridgewater didn't have the wow factor. He certainly didn't have it against Dallas. The defense stepped up for the Saints. If Jameis and Mike Evans and the offense get on a roll, Teddy Bridgewater can't keep up. The key, though, Jameis Winston, no pick sixes, and the defense has to improve a little bit from that. L.A. Rams, the way they played the last couple weeks. But you know what, guys? I like the Bucks 24-23, and I like Matt Gay to kick the game winner. Yeah, they're going to be down 23-21. <laughs> Matt Gay's going to step up. He's going to kick the game winner. And I cannot wait to hear Bruce Arians' postgame speech after that one. What do you think, Roy Cummings?
2: Well, I just think that uh, uh, Sean Payton and the Saints look at this game. They always looked at this game as one that they were going to have. Now I think they look at it as one that they can't afford to let get away. Um, They've got a lead in the division. They want to keep that lead. They want to do everything. they got to keep their their, uh, foot down on the pedal here. Uh, I think they feel like they got away with one against Dallas. Uh, They can't let that happen again. They can't let one slip away here. Um, I, I think they treat this like a playoff game, and I think they're go, they're going to go out and uh, show the Bucks who the uh, who the elite team in this division is. They don't want to give the Bucks any breathing room. They need to. They know that right now they need to knock the Bucks back a step, and I think they're going to do it.
0: Well, we will find out Sunday in the Superdome. It's a one o'clock game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the New Orleans Saints, you know, log on to PeterPirits.com. You can hear our podcast. You can check out all kinds of information we have on the Bucks and subscribe today. It's absolutely free. And in terms of our podcast, we're on all the platforms from iTunes to Podbean to Stitcher to Spotify to Google. The Bucks, a big one against the New Orleans Saints. They win that game. They take over first place in the NFC South. And all of a sudden that road trip or that road stretch doesn't look as bad for them as when they started against the two teams that were the best in the NFC a year ago. For our voice Rees and producer Justin Thomas, for our insider Roy Cummings, I am merely Mike Neighbors. Thanks for logging on, and we'll talk to you again
2: next week. Enjoy the game Bucks fans.